0: I want, as you hear the Bible, that you would stop and worship on the spot. That's what I want. And we're devotional in that way because I don't just want you to fill your brain with Bible facts. Bible facts are not bad, but when those Bible facts lead to you and your heart being overwhelmed with love for the Lord, knowing who you are in Christ, that before you know it, there's worship welling up in your heart. That's where the magic happens. And that's really as a church family, we want to create worshipers of God through being devoted to the apostles teaching.
1: Even if you don't know much about construction, you know that a wall needs something to hold it up on the inside. Well, today, Pastor Daniel explains that along with a vision and a solid foundation, your life also needs a sturdy framework to build on. He shares that the Word of God is an essential part of that grid. But as you'll learn, this isn't just knowing the facts of the Bible, but letting the truth of the Bible impact your heart and draw you into worship. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Acts chapter 2 as he begins his message, Our Framework.
0: So together we've been exploring this idea of this year of restoration. Really the picture that God has given us is, is, is of a home that's getting fixed up. And, and, and we keep talking about the fact that really that God wants to do a work of restoration In all of us, you know, now now that we're a number of weeks into 2021, like we're all just really aware that it's like, it's still a lot more of the same of 2020. It just, but now they're out of 2020, we're moving into new year. We're excited to see, okay, God, what is it that you have? And for each one of us, if we look at the idea of a house, we've already looked at this, the idea that God wants to do a work of restoration in all of our lives and in our church and in our community and in our world. We spend some time looking at the foundation, the root system of the Crossroads family. Stuff that we talk about all the time, that we're simply responding to Jesus, then because Jesus is where we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. And, And as I keep saying that the foundation of the Crossroads family, I believe, should be the foundation of all of our family. Like literally simply responding to Jesus is what I wanna do every single day of my entire life. Because Jesus is real and I know that he's real and he's doing a work in me, I wanna be a fully engaged family member in a local church, a place just like Crossroads, and I want to join Jesus in transforming our community and our world. And so we've looked at the foundation. But you know, if you're going to fix up a house, if you're going to do a great you know, restoration project, yeah, you got to make sure that, everyone, that, that the foundation is sure. But you know, really it starts to take shape when you start framing that house up. If you've ever seen a house being built, I, I'm one of those people who when I see a house being built, I always like to stop by. I always like to just drive by, and look look around. If if the doors are open, because it's just framed, I don't go breaking and entering or anything. But I always want to go in. And be like, ooh, I wonder what's going to be here. I wonder how this is going to look. I just think it's so fascinating. But you realize that the the framing of the house, the framework on the house, that starts to rough out. What is this house going to look like? If you've ever been looking for an apartment, you know how it is. You look at a floor plan. You're like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. There's this thing here, right? And it just shows you the the framework on how things are arranged. Now. Really, for us here at Crossroads, there is a framework that we that we have, a framework that we love that kind of frames in everything that we do. And just like I said about our foundation, I believe that the framework through which Crossroads functions is also worthy to be the framework for all of our lives. See, I I love living my life through the vision of this is a big idea. This is how I want to live my life. This is what I believe God wants to do. And our framework as a church is also something that you can grab hold of for yourself as you experience it here as part of the Crossroads family, but also in your own life. You can say, hey, I want this framework to be a part of my life. Now, all of this comes right out of the scriptures. So I want to share with you one of my absolute favorite passages of scripture about the local church, and that's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. So if you could turn there in your Bible, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. If you're flipping around a Bible, maybe you're new to the Bible, the book book of Acts is the fifth book in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, and then the Acts, what we're commonly called the Acts of the Apostles. I just say it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, probably a more specific title. If you don't have a Bible, open up another browser window, type in Acts chapter two. We're gonna be picking up in verse 42, but what happens in Acts chapter two is God pours out his Holy Spirit on the church. They call it the day of Pentecost. They were there in Jerusalem, for one of the pilgrim feasts, all of a sudden there's the tongues of fire, the sound of the mighty rushing wind, and then before you know it, the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they go on out and they start talking, and everyone hears them praising God in, in languages that the people who were doing it didn't know, but people were hearing about the glory of God in their own heart language. And then before you know it, Peter gets up and preaches, and there's a huge revival. All these people, 3,000 people say yes to Jesus. And then on the heels of that, it tells us this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says... And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and they divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily With one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, I love this because this gives us a great look at what a filled with the spirit church, a spirit-filled church looked like. They had just had this amazing experience where they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then right out of this, God is doing a work and we learn a little bit about what these folks are all about. Notice, it says that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They were focused on the teachings of the apostles, what we would call the Bible. We don't have the apostles' living with us right here today, but we have their writings, we have the scriptures. So they were they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and also in fellowship. They cared about one another and they were together and they knew what was going on in one another's lives. And then, of course, with the breaking of bread. Now, a lot of people think the breaking of bread here means the, the Lord's table, but really breaking of bread meant table fellowship, where they were together and they and they would break bread. Now, sometimes they would also take the bread and the cup in commemoration of the finished work of Jesus but the bread was the common staple food of that day and so the breaking of bread was what people did when they ate meals together and then of course they prayed together and then it kind of expands on it where it says how fear came upon every soul uh, the fear of the Lord and then many signs and wonders were being done by the apostles so there was this this intense spirit Inspired activities. And it says, and all who believed, they were together and they had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and they divided amongst themselves as anyone had need. Now, what's amazing here is that there was no rules to do this. They were just all together. They were living life together. And as they were living life together, if they had excess, they're like, oh, I could sell this and so and so needs this. And they were just looking out for one another right? They, they cared. They knew what was going on in each other's lives. And their fellowship is that they, they were holding things in common. They thought, hey, what I have, it's here to help other people as well. They were thinking bigger than themselves. And, and as that happens, it says that they continue daily with one accord in the temple and notice and breaking bread from house to house. So the church was both public. They were going to the temple, which was the center of the social life there in Jerusalem. And then they were also having kind of community groups. They're having home fellowship. They were going from house to house and they were breaking bread. So they were in public and they were in private. They were growing together. And it says, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. There was joy and there was a a simpleness, a simplicity to who they were. And then they were praising God because of what he was doing. And they also were finding, having favor with the people. So people who were outside the church, because of all that was happening, they had favor with the people. And then it says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So a newly spirit-filled church or a church that's spirit-filled sees the Lord adding to the church daily. People were getting saved. So when you see this as an example of the early church, we learn some very, very specific things. And really we, we receive our framework for us as a church from this passage. And I like to say that our framework here at Crossroads, we say Dr. Mister is our framework. D, R, M, and R. Dr. Mister, you see that DR is Dr. M R is Mister. Dr. Mister is our framework. The Crossroads family is framed in by this Dr. Mister framework. And we're gonna unpack that. So first, the D, it means that we are, Devotional, and I literally, some of your translations in verse 42 says they were devoted to the apostles' doctrines, they continued steadfastly in the word of God. See, we have to say we're devotional because we are Bible people, right? Our church is a Bible based church, we primarily teach verse by verse through books of the Bible. Sometimes we do little topical series, but when push comes to shove, we love teaching the word of God. We are people who are Bible people. And in every ministry of Crossroads, there is a biblical component. We want people to get good Bible teaching. What does it say? What does it mean? And everything about who we are as a church is Crossroads is a good old fashioned Bible teaching church. But Bible taught in a way that anyone could understand. It's what I love so much about the Crossroads family, right? We realize that everyone's in a different step of their faith journey. There are some of you, you have uh, advanced degrees in Bible and theology, praise God. And there's others of you who today's the day you're gonna put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time. Some of you have advanced degrees and, 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 and successful business. I know like, man, I I barely made it out of school, if at all. And we want to make sure that Crossroads is the kind of place that no matter where somebody is on their faith journey, no matter what their background is, they can learn the word of God here. So we don't think that church is a seminary. We're good with uh, you know, Bible institutions. We love them. We want people to grow, but we don't believe that the local church is a seminary. A seminary is a seminary. The local church has got people from all different places. And we found great diversity here at the Crossroads family of people who are hungry to hear from God and to learn from his word, but everyone needs to hear it in a way that they could understand What I want to tell you is that your framework is that you should be devoted to the scriptures. Your life as an individual should be devoted to the scriptures. I love that idea that they continue to say, or or they're devoted. I always think of when I hear that word devoted, I always think of Olivia Newton-John. Remember Greece? I'm hopelessly devoted to you. It has the heart of, it's a heart connection to it. And we don't just want to look at the word of God as a, something that we study. We don't want to play chess with the word of God. We want to be devoted to God through his word. We want to worship over the text. It's one of the things that I love so much about the Bible. And one of the things that one of my goals as a preacher is I don't just want to transfer information to you. I mean, I don't want to just give you a lecture on the Bible. I want, as you hear the Bible, that you would stop and worship on the spot. That's what I want. And we're devotional in that way because I don't just want you to fill your brain with Bible facts. Bible facts are not bad. But when those Bible facts lead to you and your heart being overwhelmed with love for the Lord, knowing who you are in Christ, that before you know it, there's worship welling up in your heart. That's where the magic happens. And that's really as a church family, we want to create worshipers of God through being devoted to the apostles' teaching. And because as you read the word, the word does the work that it needs to do. And that's why, of course, Paul, speaking to his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, Paul told it to Timothy this way. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I love that because it's like all the scriptures have been, they've been inspired by God. They're breathed out by God and they're profitable to teach us, to reprove us, to correct us, to train us in what God says is right, that the child of God may be complete, may be fully mature and equipped for every good work. Now, I love the fact because we're seeing this example in Acts chapter 2 of the church that's filled with the Spirit. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. And then they did all these other things. Now all of this is scripture for us. But it all has its rootage in the teachings of the apostles. Because this was before the printing press. This was before there was uh, cell phone cameras, right? This was at a time when the only way you could learn about what Jesus did was by talking to someone who saw what he did. It was an oral culture predominantly. And so for us, we love the Bible. And I wanna encourage you, and I'll continue to encourage you. You need to let the Bible be the centerpiece of your life. Are you joining us in reading through the Bible this year? At our Crossroads Bible Reading Plan, you need to do it. Are you reading books about the Bible? Listen, are you, and, don't, and I, before I keep going forward, I always have to remind you. Some people are like, man, Fusco is not a good reader. I I just never did good with reading comprehension. Well, guess what? On our free Bible app, you can get it for your phone or your device. It actually reads the Bible to you. I love that. Literally, you 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 hit the little speaker button on it and it just reads you the Bible. And it can read it faster if you want to, slower if you want to. So you need to make sure that you're getting God's word in you. And as a church, our framework, we are devotional people and we're talking about the Bible. We want you to have literacy in the Bible. We want you to live your life in light of the Bible. We want you to be filled with the Spirit, and we know that when the Bible's involved, you're going to always have a heart for other people. So the D in the Dr. Mr. Framework is we are devotional people, and I want you to be devotional in your life. You know, I was just talking to someone the other day. It was so beautiful. We were talking about some different things, and they were just talking about how they were really struggling to get time in the Word. I'm like you know what an index card is? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, why don't you just write a a Bible verse on each side of that index card? And I'm like, and stick it in your pocket. And I'm like, and if I could recommend, put it in the pocket where you keep your phone. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because every time you reach your phone, you're gonna pull that card out and you're gonna see the scriptures and take a moment, read it and praise God for it. And he's like, ooh, that's a good idea. He's like, how do you know how to do that? I'm like, well, that's how I memorize scripture. When I was a young believer, you know, I literally had index cards and I'd write a scripture on each side and I'd carry it around until the index card disintegrated and every time I'd reach to get my wallet this was before I even had a, a cell phone I'd reach to get my wallet and the card would fall out I'd pick it up I'd read it I'd memorize it have the address on it and I'd get God's word in me and it's a, such a simple thing or, or you know they may say well Fusco that's old school Man, just put it on your lock screen great put it on your lock screen of your phone you know, yeah, some people are real, I was talking to someone, they have like a whole thing that they do where their alarm goes off and it's a scripture, you know, each, each hour. Whatever you gotta do. But are you letting God's word do the work that it wants to do in you? That, that, that God's word can teach you and correct you and reprove you, train you in righteousness that you're growing up. We wanna be devotional people and I'm, we promise you here at Crossroads, every ministry you get involved in here we're gonna be talking about the Bible. What does God's word say? What does it mean? And the goal is not just information. The goal is to create worshipers and us to worship over. So we move from the devotional because the early church was continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And then we move to the R and we like to say we are relational. We are relational. Now, all through this passage, you realize how relational the early church is. Really, because the idea of church is that we are, it's an organic network of relationships right? And for the church in Jerusalem that had been filled with the Holy Spirit, for Crossroads here in Vancouver, Washington, our physical campus, and all through the the globe through our internet campus, and TV, and radio, and our app, and all these different things that are going on, social media, we realize that really what God wants to design is an organic network of relationships, and we see this all over this text. Let me give you some examples of this. Notice, Right, they were continuing in fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayer. So they're together praying. They're together breaking bread. They're together learning the apostle's doctrine. They're in fellowship. As is happening, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So, So they knew the needs of people because they were in relationship with them. And because they were in relationship with them, they wanted to sell the extra things that they have and divide them as anyone had need. And as they did that, they continued in public, and breaking bread from house to house, and they ate their food together with gladness and simplicity of heart. See, like, all of it shows that it was, they were saved by Jesus, and they were saved into this community. And one of the things that I love so much about the church is that all of us are hardwired for community. We're really hardwired for relationships. Why? Because all of us have been created in the image and likeness of God, right? And God is relational at the essence of who he is, as Father, Son, and Spirit, always in relationship. And so we're wired for relationships. Now, I think it's amazing. We live in a day and age where we're more connected and people feel more lonely than they ever have in life. And I actually think that the local church is the cure for that because God wants us to be relational at the essence of who we are. Listen to how the Apostle Paul speaks about it. In Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4, he says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But listen, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. See, Paul's saying, look, if if the things of God are real, if there's any comfort in love, if there's any consolation in the Spirit, then esteem others higher than yourself. That in relationship, serve one another, care for one another, look out for other people. And, and in a lot of ways, God created the church to be a place where there's all these relationships that are happening. And we believe that you and I all need godly relationships in our life. We need people who pour into us, people who are good influences in our lives. We also need to be around people who we're pouring into, people who we're not trying to emulate their life, but we're also trying to work to help them in their life. And the church at best is relational at the core of who, it, of who we are. And I think a lot of what's gone on with these restrictions and stay-at-home orders and work from home and, you know, all these things is that people take these restrictions and they choose to isolate themselves. Where I'm here to tell you, given the technology we have, we don't need to be in physical proximity to still stay connected. And that's important because I've had to learn over the You guys, if you know me at all, you know I'm highly relational love people. I get energy off of people. I'm one of those crazy extroverts. You put me in a room full of people, I automatically feel a little bit more joyful than when I started. Because there's all that, all the people there. But I've had to learn in this season how not to isolate, but to keep reaching out to people, even though I've been trying to stay physically at a distance so they don't get sick, I don't get sick, and all that kind of stuff. And in a lot of ways, in this year of restoration, one of the things that needs to be restored and rebuilt, that we need to be up for the rebuild of rekindling relationships that whether we meant to or not, we just couldn't handle it all. We just chose to isolate. And that isolation is starting to wreak havoc on our culture. So as a church, we are designed to be relational. Relational. That's why our our digital community groups, you can be in relationship right now, talking to people, engaging with people. There's all sorts of things that we can do right now. And so as a church, we wanna be relational. And, And listen, in your life, you're hardwired to be relational. If you find yourself not being very relational right now, God wants to do a work there. God wants you in significant and substantial relationships. And for the early church, it was all about relationships. It was all about them. So the doctor in our doctor-mister framework is devotional and relational. So now as we move into the mister, for the M, we are missional. We are missional. And what that means is that as a local church, not only are we devoted and worshiping and growing in God's word, and not only are we in relationship to one another, but we realize that God has a plan in the world, and he is inviting us to join him in his plan.
1: Jesus is real. You've been listening to Jesus is real radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Pastor Daniel will have much more to share next time, but right now I'm going to tell you something exciting. Are you ready? Next week on February 16th, Pastor Daniel's latest book releases. It's called Crazy Happy, and he's going to change your outlook on life. Here's Pastor Daniel himself to tell you all about it. Thanks, Josh. I can't believe we're here. Next
0: week is the release of my new book, Crazy Happy, Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. And I'm here to tell you, it's a life-changing exploration of the beautiful life God created us for and how you can take steps to experience true, lasting joy and happiness no matter what you're going through. So check it out. It releases next week, but you can pre-order today and be one of the first to get a copy. There's no doubt that we all need long-lasting happiness in our life, and I'd love to help you get there. Josh is here to tell you more about how to grab your copy.
1: It's going to be so great to read this book and apply it to our lives. There's still time to pre-order, too. Just go to danielfusco.com to find a list of where you can get your own copy. There's some other promotions and bonuses happening for pre-orders, too, so check out the website today. Again, that's danielfusco.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.